0: You're listening to the Oz TV Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue on our exclusive coverage of Third Watch. We're into the second season, the second episode. This one's called Faith. I said that at the last episode at the beginning and I got it wrong, but I can guarantee you this episode is called Faith. It aired on the 9th of October. Excuse me as I'm burping halfway through. I'm talking. It's already a terrible episode. Um... Wow, I'm all bubbly here at the beginning, Brandy. I don't know what's going on. Any good podcast would edit that out, but apparently we're not a good podcast. Uh, I blame Dirty Kid. Uh, 9th of October, 2000, it aired. I've got the hiccup straight away. What is going on here? Uh, 9th of October, 2008. it aired on. Uh, written by John Wells, directed by Christopher Chaluck, the big guys there. Um, my goodness. Bloody Dirty Kid's popping around in my mouth again. Um, what? That sounds so disgusting. My name is Ben... <laughs> And just like Emily, I was upset that I couldn't watch Charmed. Oh, man, but Charlie thought it was fun, and I'm
1: Brandy again, as, <laughs> as you know.
0: And
1: that is just, you got the curse of Dirty Kid, Ben. That's what oh. you, he came to haunt you, I was trying to tell you. Stupid
0: Dirty Kid, he's coming back at me, he's like, oh, you talk about me last week, I'm going to make you burp and hiccup at the beginning. Which, I mean, look, I know. you know, it's not my fault. Any, again, professional podcast, I would have yelled cut, would have started again, and nobody would have ever known anything different, but... I'm apparently lazy here on the Oz Network, and I hope you enjoy listening to the show. Uh, but we're here to talk about Faith, Season 2, Episode 2, as I mentioned. And no, we're not here just to talk about the concept of Faith. That could be fun, but uh, here to talk about the episode called Faith. It's based around Faith, uh, in case you didn't realise. Uh, another good episode, though, here, Brandy. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about this one. I don't know if you've got much to sort of uh, add, any background, any interesting tidbits you want to add here before we get into the episode?
1: Nah, because I don't want to spell it. No. <laughs> it's
0: like, nope, no. it's going
1: to be good. This is going to be a good one, though.
0: Now, I will say that. Yeah, it definitely. This is kind of like we, we touched on it a little bit last week about how obviously you know, season two, it's it's character-centric. We're learning about these, you know, that's based purely on, on one character and pretty much, and of course, an all-in-third watch, though so that even though it's based around one character, you've got to have another sort of character featured because generally they're all in partnerships, Um, you know, more so than others. But I mean, while last episode, yeah, it was a sully episode, it was still more of a, a, a full circle of characters. Whereas this really is just faith centric with, you know, Bosco and Yokus thrown. Ah, uh, uh Well, he technically is Yokus. Fred Yokus uh, thrown in there for good measure. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of. This is really your first real dive into the depths of one character. You know, this is, again, the Yoke's episode. Next, we've got the Doc one. Then we've got the Jimmy one. Then we've got a Kim one. Then we've got a Davis one. And then it's After Hours, the greatest episode in the history of television. Uh, so, like, we've got some uh, great stuff in terms of character-centric ones. But this one, this is really what Season 2 is. It's about the single characters. Well, she's not single. She's married. But you know what I mean. Anyway, so we start off... Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing anymore, Brandy. Um, we get this great start to this episode. We get the monologue here from Jokers talking about um, life-changing and sort of the weekend of Labor Day. Um, and we get this great opening sequence here of uh, Jokers, Molly Price running. It's slow motion. It's raining. Uh, I just love the way this kind of starts off. And uh, she's chasing after some kid who's stolen some CDs. I just love random yokers yelling at this kid, like, I know your mother, I know where you live. Your mother's going to beat your ass when I tell her. Uh, I love that part. Your mother's going to beat your ass when I tell you've been So good. It's just like, oh, it's, it's so- I think his,
1: his ass is going to. Just because he's in trouble, not because
0: he was wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's just so good. Like I just, I just love it. I've I've kind of worked out something with this. It's like we we talked a little bit about, I guess, like last season in terms of you know the char- It's a character show. Like it's it's a multi, you know, so many characters. It's a diverse cast. You know, they there's an ensemble cast. That's what I'm looking for. So there's no real star of Third Watch, if you know what I mean. Like the the, the credits are a build with uh, alphabetical order. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of how it is as an ensemble cast. I would argue, and I think this would be interesting to see when we get to all of these, when we get to the end of Season 6, we do our big conclusion episode of all six seasons, if you could pinpoint one star of the show, like who has the, the, the star billing across, the, across all seasons in terms of where they are and how they're sort of put out there. I I might argue, and this is kind of not who I thought I would go for. I maybe sort of thought maybe Sully is the center of of Third Watch. He might arguably be the star. I'd like to say Bosco just because he's my favorite, but I mean, let's be honest. Bosco fades away in the sixth season and kind of I hate saying this sort of comes a little bit obsolete in the sixth season. But like I'm gonna be I'm gonna say this to me. Jocus might be the star of Third Watch because if you look at the complete storyline of Jocus from where she begins to where she ends. I know there's a bit in the fifth season where she's not there for about like four or five episodes because Molly Price is pregnant, so they kind of wrote her out for a little bit before they brought her back in. But just the grand scheme of her storyline, and here we are, second episode into the second season when this is all about solo characters. Again, you would argue Sally got the first one, so again, he's up there in that. But like... Yoko's really gets the main first one and I just kind of think that's interesting like, we've been doing sort of, you know our, our lost coverage and kind of it's all about Jack and sort of he's the main star sort of the hero of the show but like, I don't know, I, I just kind of I'm just thinking more and more about where Yoko's goes to, particularly like, how this ultimately ends in her in the sixth season, spoiler alert she becomes a detective and it's kind of very much Jokas centric and Again, this is a special shout-out here to Third Watch, and we've talked about how they d- use their female characters and how, you know, they're strong female characters, and it's very well written how they're kind of, you know, it's not really much of an issue in terms of them being, a you know, a non-male character. Um, but, like, I just don't know, like, ahead of its time, that maybe you think the kind of the, the overall backbone star of Third Watch over six seasons is actually faith Yocus i'm just putting it out there i don't know if you've got anything to add on that brandy but no, uh, it's kind no, of like, it's like yeah. one of those questions in class faith Yocus is the star of third watch
1: discuss uh- <laughs> no, i was gonna actually point out her storyline because again like you want to say solly because he's like basically the veteran of the show and bosco because he's just bosco but like you said when it comes down to the character arc and how she becomes a detective like hers is very consistent like it grows in terms of like just character arc itself and so yeah she it's like she's the one that comes out oh the best on top like she's the most okay yeah (laughs) in terms of the other characters you know the other ones go through hell like she goes through her own problems but again like it's like hers is the most consistent and the most well, you see
0: the growth at the end, so yeah. yeah I agree with you. I know like you look I definitely can see case in point and arguments for other characters. I'm not I'm not trying to take away from Sully, I'm not trying to take away from Bosco yeah, or even course. Davis. And like this is you'd notice we're kind of focusing on the cops here because again, when we get to like the end of this show, you know, the cops are sort of the main plot line of this and again the paramedics and firefighters are kind of brushed aside, particularly the firefighters. But like it's just kind of as a complete package. It's between Sully and Jokus, because like like Davis fades away for a bit and he kind of just, the way he sort of ends up, Bosco sadly fades away too towards the end, but it's like even sort of in your moments when like uh, I'm thinking, you know, season 3, season 4, when Bosco's sort of the centre of it with the crew storyline, Yoko is still heavily involved in that in the background you know, even kind of through a lot of that, the only time that you know, she maybe isn't the central focus is again, like when she's not in it because she's her real life she was pregnant, so they kind of ride her away for a little bit. But even then when she comes back, she is the focus of it. And then she becomes ultimately tied in with all the cruise stuff anyway, and sort of her rivalry with cruise. So it's yeah, just like I'm calling it now, and I would love to hear people who are listening to this show. I know we've got a lot of people out there, Barb, you know, Orkidez, you know, Darvell, who are having some great uh conversations and talking about this, but I want to sell it out there that, particularly as we go into this first face centric episode, Jokus, the ultimate star of Third Watch. Never thought I'd say that, but there it is. <laughs> there, it's there, not dirty, kid.
1: Or of... <laughs> da- useless Dana. Uh, no, I'm exci- <laughs> I'm so excited for Darvell to come onto the show and you know give his his uh, thoughts on it, and uh, it's exciting. I'm excited for that. So, yeah.
0: Out I just big, wanted to say that putting it out the big ones there anyway. Molly Price, if you're listening, hello. Uh, so anyway, this yeah, great opening sequence um, with the kids. And then I love Bosco shoving this kid in the car. Eminem, didn't your parents tell you about the parental warning stickers? Like, there's no crying. There's no crying. Get in the car. Um I just, I just the editing here too. I, can I just point out? I love the sequence when she's chasing him, and then he gets away, and he kind of we just get that long shot of like her looking at all those people just walking past through the umbrellas. Can I just point out just how amazing that looks? Um, so, yeah, just great editing. The music, again, is fantastic. Uh, and then just, like, I love the, the, the banter with Bosco and Yokus in this episode. Just, like, you know, what, do you, what does he say? Like, oh, you're putting on a few pounds... Uh, like, just you know, Dick Bosco moment. I, I always, I always thought this is the episode when he challenges her to a running race, which is, I think, the next Yoko's episode when he's just kind of like, "Oh, you're getting slow," or whatever it is, and then like he literally challenges her to a foot race. Uh, so <laughs> there's just such great scenes in this sort of stuff. But um, just like even when they're in the car here and they're just kind of like um, you know bantering, and the little kid in the background's like crying. And then Yokes is just like, oh God, Boz, he just stole a few CDs. He's not like John Gazeley or whatever his name is. Um, and then and then just like this <laughs> oh. back and forth with like Bosco again, just kind of like talking about you know her getting pregnant and just like, oh, you know, have you heard of condoms? The pill? She's like, I was on, I was using a diaphragm, and it's like, oh, we should have been on the pill. I was on the pill for ten years. It makes me cranky. <laughs> I just love that part because
1: <laughs> I thought Bosco was gonna be like, you're not. um <laughs> What's the difference <laughs> like or something? I think he was going to come back with something like you're always cranky, but no, um
0: that was awesome. It's uh it's like I mean I, I know I like uh we reference other shows here a lot and I know we've talked up Southland and we had a few of our listeners sort of say like yeah, cover oh, Southland. Southland. And I'll tell you one thing. Once we get through Third Watch, if we eventually get through this Southland, we'll, we'll, Brandy and I will do we'll do Southland because it is I mean it's it's created by one of the guys who did Third Watch, John Wells. So I mean, you know, we've got a obviously tied in there and i think kind of in terms of realism i you know southland is often regarded as one of the most realistic cop shows out there um so southland's a whole kettle of fish the one i wanted to sort of raise which kind of i think has got a lot more third watch connections because i think it's kind of the the show where third watch cast members go when they can't get any other work and there's so many connections to it is blue bloods which of course you know uh is still going at the time of recording this at least and um I think the difference is, is like, and I'm sure, I know a lot of people who watch Third Watch do watch Blue Bloods, is that, um just like the dynamics we're seeing here between Bosco and Jokas, just like how they are, the, the backwards and forth, the banter, like you talked about last episode about how they're just more comfortable with each other and like it's just so natural. None of this feels scripted. You do not believe you're watching a scripted show. When it comes to Blue Bloods um, and like, is it Jamie and, uh, what's the, his partner's name, Jenko or whatever it is, like, I've really started to notice in Blue Bloods, And I like the show But like some of the acting in that show Is terrible And it's just like So forced in some of like What is going on with the situations Like it's not that there's not um, Chemistry between them It's just there's just literally Just some moments between them Like the cops It's, it's Jamie and uh, Janko Eddie Janko um, I don't know. I just I just wanted to point that out randomly, and I'm sorry for all these Blue Bloods fans out there, but this is where Third Watch can never be topped in terms of the, the chemistry and that. And Southland had it. Southland definitely had chemistry and back and forth between the, uh, the, the cops. But, like, I don't know. I just, I've never seen such chemistry and dynamics sort of between partners on, like, a police show. Uh, you know, and it's not just Bosco and Yokos, Obviously, Sully and Davis have it too, but to me, it's Bosco and Yokos by far. I mean, they just have this something about these two that... You just believe these two are cops, and it's just, it's so good.
1: I love it. I mean, in Southland, I mean, I don't know why I just got to mention this. Regina King.
0: Oh, yeah. It's somebody oh, at-
1: some is one of the best detectives I've seen too on its cop show I don't oh, know I just love her character so but anyways
0: <laughs> and Anthony Reva was randomly a cop in, any, like in the last uh, season as well from memory so like I mean there's lots of third watch connections South- Southland is an amazing show like again it's something that we, we need to cover one point Um but yeah uh, I mean that to me I think a lot of what drew me into that was not only because you know John Wells was you know involved and Christopher Chalak I shouldn't just mention John Wells I mean two of the you know big wigs of third watch were heavily involved in this show um, so, that's why I think a lot of people from Third Watch fans also like Southland. But, uh, you know, I was a huge OC fan. So, to see, you know, Ben McKenzie go from being Ryan uh, on the OC to being a cop. And somebody's actually a good actor. I mean, he's obviously in Gotham right now, too. So, um, you know, somebody who I always thought was always going to be Ryan from the OC. Like, I just don't see him as Ryan from the OC anymore. So... Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. We're getting into our Southland rants again, but yeah, we'll do this out. We'll do Southland again on the Oz Network. Well, not again. We'll start it at one point. It's a great show. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, just I just wanted yeah, Bosco Yoke is great chemistry, great relationship. We get um, this now. This is a very important line because this is something that will be replayed a fair bit in this show. Uh, is when Yoke uh, Bosco has his line there when he's like, "Good relations, it's built on faith and trust. You know, that's there's nothing more to it." And it's kind of like kind of like a throwaway line. You're not really paying too much attention to it because it's coming from Bosco. And that's no disrespect to Bosco, but he kind of says a lot of things. And, you know, they're kind of not held to gospel, I guess. But um when this storyline comes into play a lot more in this season, that will be replayed a lot. So... If you're watching this for the very first time, or you haven't watched season two in a while, just remember that little sequence there when um, Bosco's talking about that. Because this Yokus storyline and what happens in this storyline obviously plays into a lot of what happens with these characters across season two. Um, We get uh, Yoka's and Fred then, they're in their house, they're talking bills. Um, This is where she tells him that uh, she's pregnant. Uh, and this is kind of like going back to last episode where we were talking about yoga. Uh, well, he's yoga, we can call him yogis. Uh Fred, and he's like, you know, talking about, like, oh, she wants a piano. Yeah, we'll get an installment. Like, I guess typical male husband, like, just, you know, yeah, it'll be right. Um, so, like, you know, this is where he's just like, ah, hey, you worry too much. I'll get a second job. Um, so it's just kind of like, <laughs> just he's like, but can I just point out a, a weird, like, little, I don't know, meta is the right word, a weird little moment here. Is, like, Third Watch is obviously co-created, well, it's, it's done by people who created ER, so, and we also know that the Third Watch ER universe are technically the same universe, because they have a crossover episode. Now, there's a few leeways here and there, of course, Michael Beach was a character on ER, and um, uh, Lisa Vidal also was too, so, you know, there's a few of the actors have played different characters on the show, but technically the Third Watch ER universe exists in the same universe. I don't know if you picked up on this, Brady, but George Clooney was on TV that Emily and Charlie were very clued into. They love George Clooney. All right. Emily loves Charmed and George Clooney. Let's be honest. Um, Now, let's be honest. George Clooney got a name for himself by being a star of ER. So we live in a third-watch ER universe where George Clooney's a celebrity, but Dr. Doug Ross was a thing. So did people like when George Clooney becomes famous in this world, do they go to Doug Ross? You really look like George Clooney, Doug. <laughs> I've never watched ER. Oh, so. that's that's the long-term goal to cover 15 seasons of ER. Um, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, it's a brilliant show. I mean, without ER, I would not watch Third Watch. I mean, ER was the one before Third Watch, so... Uh, And ER is always the first ever adult show I ever got to watch, you know, the first adult ever drama. Um, Such a great show. You like great, like, you cannot tell me that you like Grey's Anatomy if you've never watched ER. Like, Grey's Anatomy is, that's, that's like saying that Dirty Kid is a better actor than Molly Price. Like, that's what Grey's Anatomy and ER comparisons are like. Like, come on.
1: Uh, I love Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> but it's also because Shonda Rhimes created it, and then, <sighs> I don't know, it's different. But I mean, I mean, it was good enough for Kim, so...
0: <laughs> yeah, but like, let's be honest, she peaked with the two greatest shows of all time, like she had to go downhill eventually, but like, you're like, oh, let's, let's just, let's just <laughs> compare, like, like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put this bed, this argument to rest right here, Brandy. Patrick Dempsey, yeah, he seems like a nice guy, he's pretty good looking, sure, okay, <laughs> ER had George Clooney. Case closed. ER wins. Uh, <laughs> simple. There's no argument. It's George Clooney.
1: Uh, I never thought about it, but actually, I would pick Patrick Dempsey. Dins- oh, uh, yeah, get okay.
0: out of here. I'm not even gay, Just- and I can tell you his honor. He's all right. He's, he's okay. But it's, it's, it's not just the looks. George Clooney's got the personality. Like, he's that guy that all men want to be. Like, he's a cool guy, you know? He's like the, the guy that, like, everyone wants to hang out with George Clooney. Come on.
1: Nah, Patrick. I would hang out with Patrick.
0: <sighs> Patrick Dempsey just wants to drive his race cars now. Come on. <laughs> Can I just point out, I've seen, like, I did a Hollywood Homes tour. Uh, the very first time I went to LA, uh, I was, like, 2010. And we drove around the Hollywood Hills. You see all the famous people's houses. The person who is always voted as having the ugliest house in the Hollywood Hills, and it is an ugly fucking house, is Patrick Dempsey. It is this, like, weird brick thing with no windows. It's ugly as. I'm sure if you Googled it, it's probably online. But, like, I remember even our tour guide was like, oh, and here's Patrick Dempsey's house, often voted the ugliest house in the Hollywood Hills. Uh,
1: so, <laughs> Now, I've always wanted to go on, one, on, like, one of those tours, but then I've heard, like, they don't always show, like, the actual celebrity's house. Sometimes they... Oh. houses
0: there and be like, oh, that's someone and sos house. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm sure that's but- the case. I, I I do not doubt that for a moment. And, I mean, look, you know, it's – there. I mean, with a lot of these tours, there's different ones you go on. It's like if you come to Australia and true. do the Great Barrier Reef, I mean, there's like a 100 different Great Barrier Reef tours you can go on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the one I did was great. The guy we had, uh, Danny Ray, he was a fantastic uh, – he was like a, a photographer – uh, behind, like, he, he had all these, like, lanyards of all, like, the shows that he was on Access on, like, and he, like, he was the set photographer for Glee, and he would do, like, you know, red carpet photography and that sort of stuff, and, like, he's got this blog, he's great, he's a fun guy, but, um you know, the one we did was fantastic, like, it was so much fun, and even if they, like, all the houses he showed us weren't really the people's houses, I mean, it was still cool, like... The one I definitely knew was the person's house was Michael Jackson because a year beforehand, that's a house he died in and everybody saw that on the news. So I was like, okay, yep, that's Michael Jackson's house where he died. So fair enough. Um, so, yeah, it's it's fun. It's, yeah, special note out to Danny Ray's Hollywood tour. I don't even know, you know if he does it anymore. That was seven years ago. So, um, anyway, that's why we, this is why these episodes go for like an hour and ten minutes. We just get sidetracked. Um so, anyway, George Clooney's on TV. Good for him. Uh, hashtag George Clooney is better than Patrick Dempsey. Um,
1: hashtag Grey's Anatomy is better than ER.
0: Get off. You're fired. Go I'm away. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't say because I haven't
1: seen ER. I never so. watched
0: Chicago Hope, but Chicago Hope's better than Grey's Anatomy. And that was a rival to ER in the 90s. So, you know, Mandy Potimkin, or whatever his name is. Come on. Like a bit of Mandy.
1: You know what? No, wait. I haven't seen Chicago Med. So I can't say anything, about me. I got to see Chicago Med and then it might be better than Grey's Anatomy. Hashtag
0: Chicago Med is better than Grey's Anatomy. And I've never seen Chicago Med. Uh, so. <laughs> you only like Grey's Anatomy because it's set in your city, right?
1: City and then also, I think it's like the first ever like medical show I got into to be honest. I
0: mean, right? Okay. ER,
1: I don't know what what years did ER show. I don't know if I was 94 uh, to
0: 2009, 15 years. Okay,
1: I was four when it when it started then. Well, I was seven, and...
0: but I mean, I still like yeah. watched it when I I was
1: into Barney and like Franklin the <laughs> turtle and. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can we do Barney episodes? Like, this week on Barney, he loves everyone. Uh, what are your thoughts, yeah, Brandy? I'm not. <laughs> oh, no, Ben, I don't believe went... he loved everyone this week. I think he was lying.
1: I, didn't... <laughs> I think he was lying. Fuck
0: that big. No. Fuck that dinosaur <laughs> lying to little shits. He didn't really love that little kid.
1: Oh, my goodness. I could. Oh, my God. That would be epic. That would be hysterical. I think of you. We might actually sell some
0: episodes. <laughs> you love me. What a stupid song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stop shitting all over childhood things, Ben, all right? Like, just leave it. Um, so, anyway, I love this scene when we've got Bosco um, chilling on his car. He's got his glasses on. He just looks cool here. <laughs> Um, is you know, vomiting, and it was Bosco. Like, I thought morning sickness only came in the morning. Uh, then this is kind of the conversation about, um, which he's like talking about, like, oh, you know, you don't know bills, you know, PlayStation, IMAX, and I love Bosco. I got bills, you know, rent, utilities, phone. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like disposable diapers, um, all that sort of stuff. Can I just point out, like, we don't often talk about what's um, being dated, and I think it holds up a lot with a lot of the things. But she turns around and says, and maybe, th- again, this could just come down to America, because I know you guys are cheaper when it comes to, like, you know, like from my perspective, America's a very cheap country. I go there, I can get a lot more for money than what I would here in Australia. Australia's a very expensive country. So when Jokas turns around and says, $70 for all four of us to go to McDonald's and a movie, easily. I wish it cost $70 to go see a movie in McDonald's for four people. That's cheap. Uh, (laughs) I mean, this is the year 2000. But, like, I mean, if I'm going to McDonald's and a movie for four people in Australia, that's going to be like, well, McDonald's is either going to be like $15, $20 per person. So $15, so that's, what, four times that. That's, that's, uh, what, $60 alone for McDonald's. And then the movie tickets. I mean, God, they're what about twenty dollars each now? So there's eighty. It's a hundred and forty plus popcorn. You're looking at nearly two hundred bucks in Australia Wait, to go. Plus, holy! Gra- yeah?
1: I think our movie ticket, our movie. Wow, last time I went to movies was like beginning this year, and I think I paid like I don't even. Know, it was like sixteen for mine, maybe or it's, less. Well, I mean,
0: it's, it's, 15, it's, it's, it's around about like seventeen, eighteen. I think technically. So yeah, rounded up. Is where it
1: gets me. The food though does is what, and then like yeah, factor in your tickets for you and then the food because the food is what gets me. It's like I usually go to the Dollar Tree, you know, take it, yeah. <laughs> go to the movies. But if I'm like in a hurry, I go to the concession. But by by that time, I spend like fifty because a kid wants his chocolate milk, yep. candy, you know, kids.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm not a kid, I want my chocolate milk. Come on. Um, there but, you go. But yeah, no, it's like I, I just wanted to point that out. Seventy dollars for four people to go to McDonald's and a movie—that's bloody cheap, Joker. Stop complaining. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, it was also
1: back in like two thousand and
0: something. It was yeah, probably expensive for. Him. Yeah, to, yeah, like, that's seventeen years ago. So I guess you know. Uh, but anyway, so we um, we get the kind of the first of this storyline. So we've got uh, obviously uh, a rapist is uh, attacking women. So we get the first of these ones here. Um, Carl. Random Carlos moment of him just going down the stairs. It's pretty rough, Doc, with the woman still. Um, and like you know, it's 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 quite interesting with this whole sequence because like I guess if you kind of watch this and just you kind of see Jocus and Bosco the way they're kind of dealing with this woman, like I mean, it comes across as I guess a bit cold. But like I guess the sad thing is, is that to them this isn't this isn't new. I mean, they they deal with this on a regular basis. And I'm not saying that's not an excuse for showing some compassion. I think this is just how they deal with. it. Like I've dealt with police officers. Like I mean, you know, I've had house broken into, and when you're reporting a crime, and it's, you know, they're just it's just their job. And like it's kind of going back to when I was saying I watched um, the 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 featurette that they did on the season one DVD. Um, you know, I, th- I think it actually might be Anthony Reevavar in his interview saying, like, you know, we're we're portraying characters who are this is their job, but they're meeting people on their worst day of their life. So, like, this woman obviously has been brutally attacked, and she's just absolutely beyond hysteric but like it's, it's just you, you can't you can't comprehend what an awful situation that woman is in but just like just it's just interesting i think and i think it comes down to the well acting of this scene but by this this victim as well as like just Molly Price uh Jason Wiles, even uh Lisa uh, Morales later on the way she's kind of like you know it, it just It's interesting how it comes across as cold, but you know it's not meant to. be. I don't know if you know understand what I'm trying to say there, but it's just—it's just. No, I get you.
1: It's not meant
0: to be cold, but it's
1: trying to be as realistic as possible as well. Exactly. It was, and I think that's what was done great. It wasn't overly top. Like I'm not saying, well, dang, because I got to be careful how I say this though, because I know like the rape culture right now was like a very big, big discuss as as it always is, but right now it's like huge in America, and um, I will say like. You know how some shows like do something so dramatic that it's just like overly top. But I feel like with this one, like we actually got to see like how realistic it is. Like we just got the emotions of it about them like doing it over dramatically. If that makes sense, I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, no. Like right. you said,
1: it's not. Yeah, it's not cold. It's just. It's really yeah, realistic.
0: Um, I think it's a good way of doing it. I think you know. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there would definitely be police officers in this situation who would be a lot more colder, and there would be definitely police officers in this situation who would be a lot warmer. You know, it's kind of, I think it's just that in uh, the ground. But, I mean, obviously, the, most, like, the the thing that's kind of, it's such a good episode, but there's just heavy topics in this one. I mean, you know, we kind of just get this woman talking about being raped, and it's just like, then he made himself a sandwich. And you're like, holy fuck, what a dick. Then,
1: yeah, and then the second one, now, that one was intense for me, and I feel like that was done well, done very well. I mean, that one, I feel like, not to take away from this one, but the second rape victim, that one, that scene with the baby, whew well, yeah. Um, <laughs> the,
0: the thing that's kind of it's it's well handled is the fact that this kind of does lead us into sort of this next scene when they're kind of back in the hospital, and you kind of just got like going into how this is just an everyday occurrence for like Bosco and Yoko. And I think this is what this episode yeah. does really well. You just kind of then got um, Bosco just talking about fantasy football league. You know, like I mean, it's kind of like, well, how can you just do that? You just experience it. But again, like this is a this is a job where they literally have to deal with rape, murder, you know,
1: exactly so you child abduction,
0: things like this. Yeah, like you've just. And it's kind of going back to, like, an episode. And we've talked about this before, about how they deal with situations. Like, the episode ago where, um, you know, Bosco shows up to the scene and the guy's, like, head and guts are all over the window, but he's just like, oh, he did a flip of, triple forward pike with a twist. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's always been sort of documented that emergency service workers will say inappropriate things at certain times. And, yeah, on paper it sounds like, well, don't be a dick. But, I mean, you've got to, they've got to deal with these situations in their own way. You know, and it's, again, like, to anybody out there who is in that industry, like, I personally am not a brave person that could deal with that stuff. I've always, I guess, mentally... Said to myself, I would love to be a cop, but I just I'm not brave enough. I, there's no way I could I could do that work line of work as the type of person I am. So I have the utmost respect for police officers, for for paramedics, for firefighters, for for military personnel. You know, for these people who put themselves out there in these situations because I personally couldn't do it. So I have the utmost respect for them. So I, I if they're going to joke about something like this. You know, as long as they're not, like, sharing pictures of dead bodies on the internet and, like, a face selfie, like, lol, look at this guy's brain. Like, I mean, you know, that's pushing the boundaries, but, like, if that's how they've (laughs) got to deal with it, you know, that's, to me, it's fair enough.
1: There's a saying, you, sometimes you laugh to keep from crying, you know, I mean, it's the same thing. It's, like, sometimes laughter is the same thing, you know, in terms of, like, dark situation, like, you know, my... Like from my experience, like my sister, like she should tell about things that happen a foster home. She'll laugh about it, and I've learned to realize that's her way of coping. Just sometimes you just gotta laugh because if you just dwell on it and you just look how dark it is, you might not come back from that mentally. You know. Totally agree. And
0: yeah. And I think I think I mean this is a whole other side topic here, Brandon. We'll be here all day, but like this is this is an issue that society has now in twenty seventeen, at least we're recording this episode. We 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 are skewing to a, a direction where you know overly sensitive moments occur and like you know i mean this is probably the pot calling the kettle black for someone like myself who often says very inappropriate things on this show and i'm not you know trying to excuse saying inappropriate things but there are times when i will say 95 percent of the things that come from my mouth that are inappropriate i'm not saying to be offensive i'm saying it because i think i'm funny and clearly i'm not Uh, but like there are definitely moments where humor is should not always be taken overly sensitive and this is where I think, kind of, again, if you probably heard a lot of what these emergency services people say in context, you are like, "Holy crap, you are such an asshole!" But again, like, this is—we can't be too sensitive in certain things. And there are definitely things that we need to be sensitive. Absolutely, of course, we do. Um, yeah. But I mean, as a whole, we are really skewing in the opposite direction of being overly sensitive with certain things. So, I don't know where I am going on this tangent with yeah. the brandy. I am just yeah. trying to excuse myself from saying inappropriate things. Well, Fuck you, I don't dirty know. kid. <laughs>
1: I find me, I find you, and I both like trying to be careful how we work, how we work things because nowadays it's like you could put out a podcast or a website and you don't think anybody's gonna listen to it or yeah. you know go onto it and like there's gonna be that one person that might just hear it and they might be like oh shit this person said that and then it gets shared or you know you just and we're just constantly like trying to be careful how we say things because it is people do get oversensitive by something yeah and. I get it. I mean, yeah, some I, things I laugh at that are very inappropriate. and I'll laugh, but then like I know the person doesn't like me at date down because I know like if it, something like that happened, they will go to bat for that person or you know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, some things you just joke about you laugh because there's so much darkness in the world you have to. I agree. It's just agree.
0: Yeah. uh and look, you know Again, pot calling it kettle back with myself. I mean, we've had issues in this show in the past where, yeah, we've said things. Uh, it's gotten out of hand in terms of what we've meant, what's been accepted. There have been situations, you know, it's it's been a mess. And I've owned up to those in the past. I've gone back and listened to old episodes that I guarantee if we were released today and we had listeners, um, you know, I would be, you know, completely held up as a, as a complete dick. And by all means, people can delve into the archives and hear some of the things. It's not just me, other people on the show. But, you know, yeah, like I, I, I'll, I'll hold myself accountable for those things. But, again, at the end of the day, 95 I, – I, I cannot think of one time I have ever on this show blatantly said something offensive to di- directly be offensive to a person um and
1: you no, know, i mean like i was just uh the, the last episode was like well if you vote for trump like fuck you but i mean <laughs> you just sometimes you know here's the thing about content is like content a lot of it is fun but some of it's just opinions too that's what makes yeah. content awesome like you can't please everyone yeah. so when you put out content like a podcast or a website you can't please everyone some things you're gonna say and you think you've per- you worded it perfectly but somebody else can take it so wrong and just blow it out of proportion you know yeah. or So, I mean, you just do the best you can.
0: And, Brandy, Brandy, at the end of the day, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you've got a fucking choice to stop listening, people, all right? No one's forcing you to listen to this crap. This isn't, like, broadcast on NBC at 9.30 on a Tuesday. Oh, I'm watching TV. I have to watch this. It's like... Yeah. Like this is the part where I become a dick and I blame the listener. No, I'm not I'm just joking. But like seriously, well, no, no, this, but it's true. I mean <laughs> Good on you I for listening th- to this. Thank you. I love you. You're my listeners. You're great. I see YouTubers saying the
1: same thing. Like people leave hate comments on YouTube videos all the time, like you do you dude, you suck or you know, you need to stop and it's like, Well, why do you watch this dude if you don't like him? You know, people have this like I don't know, this urge to just Continue on doing something they don't like. That, that's why they don't know? that's
0: why they don't listen to us, Brady, because they just don't like me. So they just they listen to the Oh I don't like him, and I have to listen to him. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no. it's all the Dirty Kid fans out there, they're all like, Oh fuck you, Ben Waterworth. I like Dirty R- Kid. I'm boycotting R- the Devil. Oz Network. <laughs> 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 Darvel was coming on this show, but now was a huge Dirty Kid fan. So Darbyl was like, Oh god, the Oz Network? No, they are against Dirty Kid. Uh, it's going
1: to ruin my reputation. Damn it. <laughs>
0: okay. Anyway. I will
1: never get a job. No.
0: Yeah. Um, no. So, yeah, so we obviously yeah, get this sort of confronting scene, Bosco. I, I love just this random throwaway line. It's kind of a really blink and you miss it line with Bosco when he's talking about uh, fantasy football. And Carlos kind of comes in and says something about a league. And the way Bosco just quickly goes, you watch football? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Carlos doesn't look like the kind of dude that would watch football. I think, I don't know like, why? He he doesn't, but like I think sometimes Carlos is just that guy that kind of just wants to be involved. So like, I mean, we we didn't we have yeah, that um the Jimmy episode where he was with his gambling desk where G- um, Carlos was kind of like, oh, I lost fifty bucks in the Super Bowl once. I know what you're feeling. Like it's just kind of like Carlos that. just wants to be involved. So
1: like, you know. well, he's a dude that's just like you know he never had family. He's
0: like, this is my family. Like yeah. I'm trying,
1: you know, this Oh no, that's another aspect of the show. Is, like I love how like they brought Carlos's like background and like how they built that family for him. Yeah. you know, like he came in not feeling like you know, like he was part of the family, and now he's like so you can see it Completely slowly great. becoming like that. Yeah, I, I do love that part too. I mean, um, that
0: aspect. Of- <laughs> we obviously get this confronting scene. She's uh, the victim's getting the the rape exam here, and just, kind of just it's, it's, it's so well like done in terms of the fact that it's just confronting, but it's. The way they kind of pass it off, because like you've just got Morales asking these really personal questions, like kind of just even like this is th- like it's a again, it's a blinking the this line, and it's like you gotta this is a network show, and they're like, you hear this question, like Yoka's kind of walks in, and just as she's asking, like, oh, did he uh, insert you anally? It's just kind of like it's like it's just one of these lines, it's like, wow, yeah. that's like that's confronting. That was- right? intense
1: yeah. i mean it was definitely well because like you don't again Law shows don't go into detail it's more about the crying the screaming like oh he you know did this to me and then that's it you don't get this side like the doctor you don't really get the doctor side of it you get like right when they're done examining the cops like oh can we ask her questions that's all you get with this one they went like more in detail that's why it's so realistic and you, you could know? also
0: point out like this is the thing too with the confrontingness and, and the um the realness realness of it And again, this is something that no one will understand unless you've been in a situation, and this is a situation no one wants to be in. So, like, you can't imagine from her perspective, the the lady who's obviously being attacked, having to hear these questions, you know, like it's kind of a couple hours ago, she's just chilling at home, and then the next minute she's here being asked these, like, incredibly confronting questions. So, I mean, again, just the realism here. And then it's just the way it's counterbalanced. Again, it's kind of like it's just where it's about the characters and not just necessarily about the, um, you know, the, the, the crime. Because then kind of we've got this confronting scene, we're talking about, like, the HIV test and all this sort of stuff, and then Yoko's is asking about the woman's clinic and all this sort of stuff. And then it just kind of cuts to... Um, back to to Yoko's and, and Bosco under the bridge. It's just like, oh, what sort of year do you think Tyrell Davies is going to have this year? <laughs> And it's just like, you know, it's just it's just so well done. That's why I just love this show. And I just, I did this, the whole scene, again, we just had con- such confronting scenes here of what we've just occurred. And it's just balanced out so well with this, like, hilarious scene that we're about to get. And even this should not be a hilarious scene. This is dealing with a guy who's just blown his head off. And this is funny. Like, it, and it's not done in a disrespectful funny. It's just kind of the way it's crafted. So we've got Bosco and Jokus just under this bridge. And I love kind of, like, Jokus is sort of like, oh, are we going to, like, you know, answer any calls here, and like Bosco's just like, ah, there's crime everywhere. Haven't you heard? It's under the bridge. And then we kind of hear Sully over the radio, like five five David still at the hospital because um, there's like some guy walking around with a fire extinguisher. Um, I just love Jokic's what? reaction to when he's like, oh, Tyrell Davis got to have a good year this year, and she just looks at him like, I have no idea. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I, dr- I drafted him last year, and he blew his ACL. <laughs> I just love like my oh, god! That's what makes their
1: their relationship so great. though, was that little banter back and forth, like just a conversation. Like, and it's just like Faith's just like, I have no idea. Like, she's still used to Bosco being like her third child, like she, like she said in the beginning. I've got to, you know,
0: <laughs> I've, I've got to say with like this whole episode, this is kind of like the the episode where it's like showing, like, women, like, they're, they're the backbones here, like, the women are doing all the work while the men are getting all the credit episode, I guess you could say. And I'm telling you now, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm team woman this episode. Men are assholes in this episode, you know? They're, they're raping people, yeah. they're fucking, like, just, oh yeah, baby, she'll be right, telling everyone, you know, uh, basically breaking up with your girlfriends because one guy said he fucked her. Like, I mean, it's like, yeah, men are dicks this episode. I'm, I'm a feminist watching this episode. Um, it's kind of like when Faith also just pointed out, like I don't know if you want to get to, like when she was like, "Well, when
1: boys start growing up, yeah. then well, that's women she, have to carry
0: yeah. the load." She sells it, like you know? absolutely. That's like the point of this one. Yeah. So, like, just you know, yeah. it's just it's so well done the way it is. But just this scene, uh, you know, they're chilling under the bridge. This car pulls up, and then Yoko's kind of like, "Oh, you know, maybe he's got a hooker in there. Should we go check?" And then like Bosco's like, "What for parking?" Um, they're just like, "Bang." Then, you know, again, this is a scene. A guy's just blown his head off. He should be like, holy shit, dramatic, you know, scenes here. But we follow this, this car just laughing, and then Bosco's just laughing. You know, like, oh, you better go in there and uh, turn the car off Oh, so I get brains all over me. And then, like, Jokas is, like, yelling at him, and then it just crashes in the water. Oh, that's going to be a lot of paperwork. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: That is oh man. I so
0: good. <laughs> Shoot the towers shut the tires out. You no, know, I love that. Like should we shoot the towers out? <laughs> I know. Um but well- I mean like You know, again, people probably here could call us out saying, like, oh, how can you go off a dirty kid being pointless when this kind of storyline goes nowhere? Again, going back to what I was saying last episode with, like, Doc and Carlos with the bird and kind of that side storyline, it's memorable, it's interesting. Like, make dirty kid interesting. I'm just going to bring him up all the time as hashtag Bobby goes nowhere. Hashtag where's Bobby this episode? Like, I know this is a Yoka's episode, but... Is Bobby even in this episode? I can't... I think he's in one scene, isn't he, When with one of the victims? But, um, yeah, I guess... I mean, Jimmy's not in this episode, so, you know, Jimmy's gone back to being Mr. Invisible. Um, obviously, this is where Yokus uh, goes home. She's forgot to pay the power bill. Um, I will say, though, that, like, this is... As much as, you know, men are dicks this episode, the way Fred kind of handles this, like... You know, Fred, the way he's just kind of, like, making a light of the situation. Like, you know, yeah. oh, Emily was upset, she couldn't watch her. Charlie thought it was fun. And then, oh, you know, he's doing the right thing. Like, oh, I went to the neighbour, Mrs. Angela, or whatever her name is, put the meat in there. And then kind of Yocas goes off at him. Like, you know, oh, she's got the biggest mouth in the building. And then, basically, he's just like, well, don't yell at me. Like, I've done everything. Like, you have got to pay the power. Um, so, like, I kind of think Fred handles this very well here. Um And then, obviously, we get sort of the yoga scene here where she's just kind of like, you know, I didn't pay because I don't have the money. Um, And she's just, you know, basically, I can't live like this anymore. Um, We then get the scene of her the next day. She's at the uh, the family clinic, and we've got, like, the young girl leaving there in tears. Obviously, she's going there to get an abortion. But, uh, I mean, again, this is, like, how confronting this episode is. It's dealing with rape. It's dealing with abortion. Uh, I mean, God, this is suicide. It's a heavy-hitting episode. For us to be laughing yeah, yeah. at it. If you're probably cheating, like, God, you guys are dicks. It's like, well, it's just the way this is so well written and the way it's handled. You know, that is, it's kind of going back to our point, isn't it, what I feel about how these people have to deal with these situations every day, you know what I mean? So, again, props to the writing of this episode. Um, so, yeah, we've got... Uh, oh, the next... Uh, I'm going to have to gel through a lot of these scenes because we're, <laughs> like, 40 minutes into this episode, but still got a bit to talk about. Um, so, the next scene, obviously, we've got uh, Bosco... Back in the the precinct, this is the next day. He's talking about football. Still got lovely little banter between himself and Sully. What does he say? Like, oh, didn't notice any uh, powdered sugar on your shirt there. Krispy Kremes burnt down. Uh, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> t- talking about um, you know uh, you were at the rape for six hours yesterday and all this sort of stuff. This is where we get the uh, the one storyline, which I just uh, I just don't like how they handle this. It's the conclusion of Nicole and Bosco. So we've got um, this guy... What is even his name? Steve Jukes from the second watch. Um, comes along. He's like, oh, you're, you're seeing crazy Nicole. Oh, she's one hell of a ride. Enjoy. Um, so it's like, wow, okay. So this is when we get Dick um, Bosco driving over to Nicole. And he's basically just like, you know, going off at her. And then uh, Jokas is trying to stop him. And then he comes up with Dick Bosco line... About, oh, you know, what does he say? Like, how many cops have you slept with? She kind of was like, oh, how many cops are there in New York? It's like, oh, maybe I should go check the stalls to see how many of your names have been written down. Ouch. Um, And then she's just like, oh, maybe you should check the phone books. And then I just love Yocas' line. Oh, well, that went worse than I was expecting.
1: (laughs) Mm -mm. Bosco, Bosco, Bosco.
0: (laughs) I'm just going to go through this now with Bosco and and Nicole because I know it kind of ties in, but basically... From this point on, we get a scene later on when Nicole's there at the precinct afterwards, um, and she kind of is there like, how many guys have I slept with? Too many. Um, you know, and then kind of she throws his stuff at Bosco, he gives a key. That's the end of Nicole and Bosco. And basically as we kind of pointed out in season one, uh, Bosco really does not have any form of relationship this time forward, moving forward. I don't even think you could call him and Cruz a relationship. That was just a let's go around and have very kinky, dirty sex. And let's be honest, they guys had kinky, dirty sex. Um, But um, (laughs) That's where my mind goes to. So it's kind of sad from this point on that this is it. This is Bosco's one and only relationship, you might argue. Um, I just... As much as I love this season, as much as I love this show, I just hate the way they deal with Bosco and Nicole and just ride her out of it so quickly. Like... Okay, you could argue, what more could they do with her? Do you really see Bosco and Nicole getting married and having kids and settling down? Probably not. But, like, you do kind of get that opening in Bosco in season one when he's like, oh, maybe it's time for me to settle down. Maybe this, maybe that. And, okay, fair enough, Nicole's probably not that person. But why do you not leave the door open for him to meet someone else? I mean, I, I, it's weird me saying that because I probably, in the grand scheme of things, cannot see Bosco getting married and having kids and living that life. So I think probably, on the grand scheme of things, they probably do the right thing with him. But... I just don't like what they do with this, how quickly they just get rid of her. I like Nicole. Uh, there's a random line which kind of irks me when, like, Bosco's driving to see her and, um, like, Yoko's is, like, defending her. And Bosco's like, oh, you don't even like her. Like, where did that come from? Since when did Yoko's not like Nicole? Um, so, I don't know. I just wanted to get this get this over and done with now. Bosco and Nicole, I liked it. Boo. This is, this is my dirty kid moment of the uh, episode don't like how they handle bosco and nicole
1: no especially how they left off in the last season when like you thought everything was gonna go okay you think you thought it would be going on for a while but unfortunately not and then what i do like is that you do see bosco kind of like in his feelings when she's like giving back the key you do see him stand there like hesitant like damn i really don't i damn (laughs) like i fucked up with this woman you know and that's all you get. You don't really see Bosco like that with anyone else. And yeah, I mean, I wish you I don't like you said, I don't think in the grand scheme of things that he would have had kids and settled down. But I could definitely see this going on for like, you know, maybe mid seasons, season two or season three You here mentioned, but then they break up eventually or something because he's too into his job. It could have went well like that. Maybe. I, don't know. I agree. But,
0: yeah. You no. Know, so it's yeah. Look, I yeah. mean, it's kind of it just just it, it ends so abruptly. So, and then particularly, like, last episode, where we're even getting Bosco walking around going, "Eat? Hey, have you ever had eight before? And like, I mean, look, from a guy's... This is a weird Ben tries to defend... The, I'm not defending Bosco. Bosco's a dick, the way he deals with this. I mean, I will say from a guy's perspective, though, there is definitely an element where, you know, when you're in a relationship, you don't necessarily want to know how many people your partner's been with. Like... It's hard to explain, but, like, I don't know. I can I can see Bosco's side to it, but at the same time, again, like, he has no right to break up with just because one other cop, and, like, so what? You know, I mean, well, as, yeah. as, as kind of, like, Yoka sells it, like, where do you think she learnt all that from? She didn't learn that from church or whatever. Like, you know, clearly she's that way because of this, and like and the way she sells it, like, if anything, if she's slept with more people, that's going to mean she's not going to go out and sleep with more people because she's gone out there and tried it, which is, I guess, true. So, you know... Yeah. I mean I, I get it from like both it's not it's just actually it's just not even a
1: guy's perspective it's a female like no no female wants to hear about how many because men are sluts too and it's like yeah, no exactly b- female that. wants to hear about a man sleeping around because that gives them a higher chance of catching something possibly you know yeah I mean but you but Bosco has to understand like 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 you said the Faith like she's not a virgin like, that's how she... You want yeah. her to be a virgin. Like, you want your fantasy.
0: Yeah, or how exactly. did she
1: say it? She said something, like, on those lines. wrong with you
0: guys. You want to... You live in a fantasy world, where we're here dealing like, with the realist. Yeah, yeah. that's like... Yeah.
1: You, and a, you and, like, your girlfriend, like, ran into, like, an ex. Like, and then you guys just broke up because you guys ran into an ex. Or, like, some... You know what I mean? It's just... One of, yeah. It yeah. was just... Yeah. I it's, don't know. Like, how did Like you said, how did I it, it was just... Yeah, it was they could have been done better.
0: And like I like I think your line summed it up perfectly there too when you said like guys can be sluts too and this is like this is a huge glaring issue with society how women are looked down upon for sleeping around and being sluts but men can you know get around and and it's fine it's not exactly. okay. It's it's and in my honest opinion of the whole thing who gives a fuck how many people you've slept with? I mean god, if you've slept with 2 or 200, who gives an ultimate shit? I mean unless you've gone around spreading diseases and getting everybody pregnant then yeah. who gives yeah. a flying and fuck, you know? No, as long as <laughs>
1: yeah I mean who gives a fuck as long as you're committed like once you're in that relationship and like you said you don't have like you're not giving people diseases and you're not doing other shit you know you're not like having like 20 kids by different people and
0: yeah (laughs) I've I've been with girls who have been with nobody before me I've been with girls who have been with probably half the population of a country before me like it doesn't like it doesn't bother me at the end of the day because in that moment they're with me um and I had to pay them a lot of money clearly but (laughs) (laughs) oh god he went there. He was on a good tangent, and all of a sudden, he yeah. just made it wrong. That's why people don't listen to this show. But um, <laughs>
1: yeah, anyway. they love us.
0: <laughs> Hashtag Ben is a feminist. This episode, apparently. Um, <laughs> God, we live in a sad world. If I'm a, I'm the one defending females here. Um, that sounded wrong, didn't it? I was meant to sound good, but it's anyway. Hashtag Ben is a feminist. (laughs) Usually usually there's a joke when it comes to like episodes. Because, you know, Brandon, you're the only female co-host on this, you know, show. Uh, So generally when it's like me and another guy, Colin, Noah, you know, Nick, and I'm the one saying, oh, Ben's the feminist voice of the Oz Network. You know, there's an issue there. So um, (laughs) I really am a prick. (laughs) Hashtag reasons why Ben is single. Anyway, um, (laughs) where are we up to here? Uh, All right, so we've dealt with Bosco and Nicole. This is the scene you were talking about before. We've got another victim here from the rapist uh, with the woman, um, with the baby crying. It's very confronting. Um, And just even the way this woman's reacting, you know, like, oh, I can't believe he raped me. And just like Yoko's sort of like awkward smile. Um, You know, it's, it's very confronting. And even just kind of this next scene where just driving around the streets and... What does, like, Jokas um, say? Like, oh, he's already raped a woman today. Uh, you know, he's not looking again. And he's probably just sitting around in his stoop, drinking a beer, you know, talking about it. Um, and this is this is kind of like... Um, this is the interesting, the conversation here. And I don't really want to get too involved in this because this, this is a definitely a conversation that would last a, a different perspective. But it's kind of... It's Jokus's sort of argument here about it's my body. She's talking about, like, if she went and got the abortion, doesn't have to tell Fred. And obviously Bosco's like, oh, that's so full of crap. Um, and it's kind of like he's he's tying it in. <laughs> this is where like Jokis is like, oh, is this coming from the guy who just called his girlfriend a slut. Um, so I mean, it's it's an interesting kind of back and forth debate, um, which again, just so naturally done between both Molly Price and Jason Wiles. Um, so yeah, I mean, we kind of actually we're, we're jumping ahead a lot here because this is kind of the Nicole uh, Bosco breakup. Um, where are we up to here? Oh, so Jokis comes home. Uh, there's a party going on. Uh, Fred's team is into the playoffs. They've won. everybody's there getting drunk. Charlie's being told to go to bed um, and then everybody knows that uh Jokas is pregnant. We meet Holly. This is our first Holly appearance. I think she's only in at least she's at least two episodes. I don't know if she's in more kind of uh Jokas's bestie um and then kind of yeah, we just we get this great little sort of line here from Yokus about like, oh you know, don't you want more you know than this? I want more. don't know if I want another kid um i don't know if you have anything to add kind of on what i've just talked about there up to this scene here but um just special note here molly price great acting here i just love her sort of laying on that bed and just you know don't you want more holly don't you ever just want more
1: i i actually that scene resonates with me a lot That's oh, yeah. why i only have one kid because like after that i was like okay you know what because i was like i had him young i was 17 and it's like, at one point, that's when I was like, I do want more. And I don't want to be another person that has three kids or two kids struggling forever. You know, not nothing's wrong with that. I'm not trying to, you know, put down on anybody else. But I get where she's coming from. Like, don't you want more? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, I, yeah, I get it.
0: And we've all had that conversation with people. Uh, I mean, there there are people who are just content with life and... They've settled, and yeah. I mean, I, I'm not. I, I don't want to sound disrespectful to that. I, I'm not saying that that's a bad way. If that's what you're happy with, if no, that makes you satisfied, then fantastic. I'm, I'm happy for you. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, there are people like myself. You're, I think, similar to me, Brandy. That yeah, we want more. We want to achieve certain things in life. Uh, and we do. you kind of you have your people who will want that, and you have your people who are content. Just living in the suburbs with a kid and that's their life. Great. Good for you. Uh, sure
1: does it.
0: You know, um, and yeah, so I don't know where I'm going with this point. I better stop now before I say something no, inappropriate. No,
1: making, <laughs> no, you're making a good point because like, Thank the you. ones I come from, the people I come, come around from, they're not content. They're complaining about their lives like, about they don't want to get off food stamps or just complain about like their jobs and everything but then they keep having kids i think that's the difference it's like those who are content mm-hmm. in the suburbs working on nine to five they love their life they don't mind being a parent and you know nine to five they don't mind that they're content versus those who just complain about something they could be doing something about you know like i had friends who once was like oh you're lucky you only have one kid i'm lucky no no <laughs> That has nothing to do with look. Mm. That has to do with me making choices. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's a difference. Like, I do want more. That means if I had two or three kids, I know it'd be ten times harder to go achieve what I want.
0: Yeah. And versus
1: um, one.
0: Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I mean, again, this is hashtag let's get into yeah. Ben's personal life again. But I mean, you know, a lot of the reason why uh, you know, my long term relationship ended and part of the reason why I guess I finally ended it after eight years was she was content she was settled in her life here she didn't want anything to change it was that was it that was all she wanted and here i am living in the same state the same place i've lived in my entire life and i i'm i'm yokus in this situation don't you want more she's like no so i'm like okay see ya (laughs) i'm sorry and i get that there's nothing wrong with that because i hear you because my ex is the same way
1: like he was like, oh, I want kids. And I'm like, not yet. And he's like, I don't mind staying in Tacoma for first in my life. I don't want to stay in Washington for my, my whole life. You know what I mean? Like, I want more. And that's another reason why I mean him just fell apart. was well, because of that. Like, I do want more. And there's nothing wrong with how he lives. But that means you need to get a partner that's not going to want more. Because that, cause that's going to be a big fight in a relationship if one partner wants more, but you feel held back by the other partner, you know? Yeah. And so I, I hear you.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I mean again, that's not the sole reason. There's other factors into play, but that's coming soon. To Oz Network gets yeah. into Ben Waterworth's private life, uh, yeah, because everybody wants to hear that crap anyway. Uh, so uh, next scene. Uh, so this is uh, kind of the I lo- I just I like how this scene starts off the way the boss goes like about Nicola. Like, yeah, we've just decided to take a little bit of a break. Like, we're just so, like, calm about it. And then, well, I can't remember what Yoko says, but he's like, whose side are you on? And she's like, hers, definitely hers.
1: <laughs> but then... I'm team Jokis. yok. yeah, by the way, team fake. Definitely,
0: yeah. definitely agree with you. And I, I just, I love here the uh, the bit where, like, Jokis is trying to explain about, like, oh, you know, came home last night, and Fred's there drinking and partying, and, you know, his team, like, won. And I <laughs> love Bosco. Oh, what was the score? And she's like, Bosco, I don't care. And it's like, what? It puts him into the playoffs. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, this is just like random Bosco and Fred a friends scene, if you know what I mean. It's like, I mean, they're not really friends. They never buddy-buddy. I mean, they have a lot of conflicts along the way. And I think deep down, Fred really just does not like Bosco. But it's still kind of like, this kind of shows that like, I mean, we saw it in what, like the very first episode of Third Watch that clearly they are kind of like, you know, call into their home every now and then. And They've been partners for at least, what, five, ten years. So, you know, there's always going to be a bit of a... But I just just kind of like random boss go there. Oh, what? It puts him into the playoffs. Like, he knows everything that's going on. (laughs) I just
1: love it. Can I just say, this is one of Faith's best episodes, too. Oh, absolutely. Like, the acting. Like, okay, when I was younger, I didn't actually appreciate this episode. I thought it was awkward. And I was just like, this show, this episode is shit. But, like, now that I'm older and I... Like I said, sometimes some episodes you need more life experience... And that's one of them. It's like now that I had a kid and I like see the struggles of being a single mom and just the bills and stuff, I get it. Like her acting is so powerful in this episode.
0: Yeah. And this is the thing too that like, I mean, I I would love to um, like, I'm going to quickly see if I can pull this up here. But like, I would love to know kind of a lot of the, the reasons why none of these casts were like nominated for major awards in the acting categories. And like, I know a lot of the arguments you might be able to put down to um, it, it, like, ensemble casts a lot of the time will agree not to nominate themselves for categories because it's an ensemble show. They don't want to be seen as, you know, Friends was very famous for doing that for at least, I think, like the first eight or nine seasons. None of the major actors were like, no, we will not put ourselves up for acting awards. We're all in this together. Uh, it's either all of us or none of us. And I think they, they were very well known for that. And kind of like the last season or two, they kind of were like, oh, we're ending, let's just go for it. So I think like Jennifer Anderson won an Emmy for, you know, things like that. Um, and I think kind of maybe that could be a reason why it also could be down to you know the fact that this wasn't a huge huge hit this wasn't an ER where everybody was watching it you know this was kind of your your middle of the road show that you know you either sort of knew it was on or didn't watch it What where you and I are finding out and doing these episodes but like Molly Price, like, just in, like, I completely agree with you. Such a good actress. I mean, you know, you've got to look at so many of the actors in this season and how well they do. How none of, like, how nobody in this cast got nominated, even just one of them, got nominated. So I'm looking here, I'm going back to the 2001 Emmy Awards here, uh, to see who was nominated in terms of the acting for drama. So I'm going all the way back here. Uh, so outstanding lead actor in a drama series in the year that none of the actors in this one. So the winner of that year was James Gandolfini for The Sopranos. Fair enough. Never watched The Sopranos, but obviously he got a lot of nominations. So we've got here Andrea Brower for Gideon's Crossing. Never heard of him. Um, Dennis Franz on NYPD Blue. Fair enough. Rob Lowe on The West Wing. Okay. And Martin Sheen on The West Wing. Fair enough. Okay. They were very popular shows and had great acting. On the actress side of things, you had Edie Falco in The Sopranos. She won it. Fair enough. You had Lorraine Bracco in The Sopranos. Again, not sure what that is. Uh, oh, he's a random show that I used to love. I haven't heard this show in a while. Amy Brenneman on Judging Amy. Used to like that show. Fair enough. Uh, Mark Helgenberger, whatever her name is, on CSI. And Cilla Ward on Once and Again. Now, I only ever watched Judging Amy out of all those shows. I watched a bit of The West Wing every now and then. So they're great acting. But I would struggle to not put Molly Price in that category for best for lead actress in terms of the material that she has on this show. And, like, I would, you know, argue Skip Suddath maybe in the the acting, Uh, you know, Michael Beach up there as well, just in terms of the overall acting ability of these people. And, like, it just it just baffles me. It baffles me how they just... Even just a single nomination. Like, even on Nip Tuck. Nip Tuck's similar to Third Watch that we often argue. Like, how did this not get more recognition for the acting ability? Nip Tuck still walks away with a Golden Globe win for Best Drama. And Julian McMahon and um, uh, Jolly Richardson at least got nominated once for Best Actor and Best Actress. So, they at least got a nomination. I, I just struggle to see how you know, Molly Price, Michael Beach, none of these guys got nominated at least once in the the major awards. I'm, I know they won some of the minor awards, got nominated in some of the minor award categories. I'm talking the Golden Globes and the Emmys here. So that's Ben's rant. I just need to put it out there.
1: No, I mean, I get what you're saying, but, I mean, it's sad because it's actually not uncommon to see great actors and actresses get no nominations. like... Even like A listers like Leonardo DiCaprio, like took him so long to freaking win. Yeah. (laughs) After all the movies he's done. I mean that's I mean, that's a different level and that's a whole different ball game. But even it took him a long time to win, you know? And it's crazy like when you see some people like to actually have raw, like good talent versus people who you're like, the fuck, how did this person win? <laughs>
0: and, and, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, I, and I'll just also add, is that, and I know a lot of people might be sort of about to type in and argue that, again, I know a lot of the time, too, these awards aren't necessarily just purely based on acting ability. A lot of the time it comes down to which networks have the money and want to sell their actors a little bit more. I know there's a lot of backroom dealing yeah. with these things, so a lot of that comes into play, and obviously Third Watch didn't necessarily have the, the ones out there. I mean, ER in the early days, you know, ER is an ensemble cast, but... George Clooney was getting nominated, Juliana Marguerite, you know, Anthony Edwards, Noah Wiley, they are all getting act- nominated. And again, you would argue ER. And I'm not going to deny that ER was a much bigger show than Third Watch ever was. I'm not trying to put them in the same category. But just on a random yeah. note here, I'm looking here at the Golden Globe nominations for the same year. Uh, I like Buffy. I, I was a fan of Buffy. I think it was a good show. But to put Sarah Michelle Gellar in the Best Actress category for drama series <laughs> over Molly Price... Now again, Sarah Michelle Gellar, great Buffy, great. She had some very dramatic stuff to deal with. I'm not denying she's a good actress, but overall, Molly Price shits all over Sarah Michelle Gellar in the acting in the acting department. So, and Jessica Alba for Dark Angel, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, uh, see, that's
1: what I'm saying. Like again, <laughs> I mean, I like Jessica Alba. I mean, oh, I don't. She can't act to and save some her life. Feet, some her- there was one movie I grew up on called Honey. It was, it was a great movie. But other than that, I mean, over, come on. Molly Price, any day, all day, every day. Period. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to see that shit. Like, some people winning these awards are getting nominated with people who are, who have raw, actual talent. Yeah. I mean.
0: We're, we're angry here, aren't we? But, you know, it's the dirty kid oh. argument. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess... But you can say the cast has won, because, like, a lot of these cast members went on to do bigger things and are living oh, sure. pretty
0: good. Bobby Cannavale so, is mean, I mean, an Emmy <laughs> award winner. He's won multiple Emmys now since he's uh. Yeah, yeah. You know. So I mean, yeah. Hashtag Bobby goes nowhere. Hashtag Bobby goes on to win Emmys. Uh,
1: <laughs> hashtag he's married to a hottie. I mean, he's yeah. married to a hot chick. Damn, I straight. mean,
0: Australian so, too. Hello, Roseburg. Um There
1: you go. So I mean, he's won. He he clearly won. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> Again, this is sort of our wrap-up episode. Who went on to the biggest things out of Third Watch? you got to argue it's Bobby Cannavale. Even, you know, we love Kim Raver, but, like, I think kind of as, as a name actor, um, somebody who you went up to somebody on the street and said, Bobby Cannavale. They, I think 9 out of 10 people would be able to tell you who he is. Whereas Kim Raver, 6 out of 10. Neil Long, 6 out of 10. You know, Michael Beach, 4 out of 10. So, you know, I, I, I think Neil
1: Long, if it's the Black Moody, 10 out of 10 Oh, yeah, no, she's yeah, huge,
0: absolutely But I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think Neil kind of I think Neil and Michael Beach are kind of in that category Where I'd say Neil more famous than Michael Beach But I, I would say they're she more She is, because she's famous in the, famous in the Black show, movie, Yeah, I would I, say I would say they're more in the category you show a photo to someone Oh, I know who that is Whereas, like, yeah, yeah. name recognition alone So, um, Eddie yeah. Cibrian Yeah, but he's more paparazzi fodder that's where I would put Eddie Cibrian yes. in that category. So uh, that would be more like, oh, he's the one that Leanne Rhymes cheated on with. You know, so, like, that's the one that I feel Eddie Cibrian falls into.
1: Anyway. Um- it's funny because, like, I was telling my sister about the podcast and I was, like, telling her about, like, some of the names on here. And she's like, oh, and I was like, Nia Long. And she's like, oh, oh, cool. Because <laughs> yeah. she's the black human. Yeah, but you're right. I think you like you basically did the scale just right with Bobby and everybody else. So,
0: and I mean, look, let's be honest. Bobby Cannavale is about to be like the lead villain in the new Jumanji film. So there you go. <laughs> I'm not seeing it, but. Cool. It's, come, it's coming out like November yeah, or December, or yeah. I, the first trailer wasn't going to see it. Second trailer, I want to see it. So that's kind of the power just of the trailer.
1: Actually, some movies are not meant to be remade, and if they are, then I'm well, just going to keep I'm the completely with on. you there. But
0: I think the thing <laughs> we're getting t- tangent here. I think the thing with Jumanji is they're actually billing it as a sequel, not as a remake. So I can I think forgive you told me it. About that. Yeah, I can yeah, forgive right. it more. So when it first was announced, I'm like, if they're remaking this, fuck you. But, like, the fact that they're basically billing it as a sequel now, um, I, I still don't think, It's not, it, I mean, it's so sidetracked. They're advertising it more as, like, a comedy rather. Like, I'm not saying the original Jumanji didn't have comedic elements still, but it was more dramatic. Anyway, that's Jumanji Oz coming soon.
1: <laughs> Robin, I mean, Williams, I mean, I'm just going to, nope his memory I'm going to keep this sh- I'm going to am going to watch it just cuz of his memory
0: a very young person dunce before she went you know ridiculous as MJ and Spider-Man don't get me started on MJ <laughs> and Spider-Man you think I'm bad with dirty kid oh my god um anyway <laughs> so uh <laughs> you do realize if we just stayed on Tom um, topic these episodes would be like 30 minutes long um so um <laughs> Uh, the, the next victim here. Um, they're basically at another call for another victim. This time around, though, they've got a. They know who the person is because this woman, uh, her husband was home, and she sort of, I think, stabbed the guy. She did. Of course, she did. What did I say? Thinking. I watched this episode, so uh, we see the husbands chasing after them. We've got uh, sort of this great chase and foot uh, with uh, Jokers gets out of the car. Davis um great great scene here i know we talked a lot about last season how kind of Jokus is the one who's like left behind she's never involved in the foot chases. she's in this episode um and great music great editing and we get this sort of subway sequence which i just i love this like again we haven't really talked too much recently i feel about new york as a character but just like how great this whole sequence is with her running down the subway and just just that's just new york they're just all chilling they're just waiting to catch the subway who cares that, you know, the police are chasing someone. Like, if this was Hobart, where I'm from, everybody would be stopped in the street, staring at these cops, chasing people. They'd be like, oh, my God, what's going on? They'd be like, oh, my God, look, there's Jimmy running down the street, and there's Officer Sam. Like, everybody would just be, like, in shock and awe. This is New York. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, just get out of my way. I'm like, <laughs> like I'm a train. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um, I just I just love it how it's just, again, so natural and how it feels, just like how New York feels. And then we just kind of get this great chase sequence, and then um, Yokus is chasing down this guy. He comes out of nowhere with a metal bar and just, like, bashes her. Um, Again, confronting, it's brutal. Uh, Then we sort of get this scene where Yokus is in hospital talking to Morales, and, uh, yeah, she uses this as her out, doesn't she, for the pregnancy. She asks Morales, like, oh, I'm pregnant. Any chance this could, you know, affect the baby? And Morales is like, nah, you're fine. you just got some bruised ribs. But that doesn't stop Jokas from uh, going into excuse mode. She basically then tells Yo- uh, Bosco that she had a miscarriage, um, which, yeah, it's um, it's it's brutal. Like, this is kind of going back to that line I was saying where Bosco was saying, like, you know, good relationships are built on faith and trust. Again, this is what will come into play later on when we get our next Jokas episode. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I kind of like this scene then when they're in the car and Bosco's driving and He, like, runs over a pothole and it's like, damn, bars, And it's like, oh, sorry, I didn't see that one. Um, And then just kind of we get that weird little um, line there about Yoka's taking philosophy. And it's like, what, you don't think I'm smart enough to take philosophy? And then boss goes just like, no, I don't think you're dumb enough to take philosophy. (laughs) I just like that (laughs) line. Uh, Then they get the sort of, like, he's taking her back to home. But then we get the call over the radio. They've caught the rapist. She goes in and identifies him. Um and she has kind of like a nice little conversation with the uh, the first victim that we saw early on. Uh, then we get Yoko's going home. Uh, it's after 2 o'clock in the morning. I, I just love this scene where, uh, you know, because we've heard Yocas doesn't want to call Fred. Because, you know, fair enough, he's just going to come to the hospital. He's going to wait around. There's nothing he can do. Uh, but also, you can also understand you want to know. I'm sure, like, if your kid got hurt, you're going to want to know he's in hospital or not. Him can come home later on that night and goes, oh, hi, mum. I was bashed up by a rapist. You know, like, oh, okay. Would you like some chocolate milk? Um, You know, it's it's not exactly going to be something you want to hear. But this sort of scene here, I I do remember, like, the promo they had here in Australia uh, when they were advertising season two. I always remember this scene when he gets here and he stands up and he's like, you've got to quit this job. That was part of the promo. They would always play that on a promo here, sort of like tying the characters of the show. Um, And this is obviously where she tells him, that she's also miscarried. We get this really, like, brutal, confronting scene of him crying. And she's just kind of like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Fred. And then um, it ends with uh, her monologue, her closing speech, basically. Uh, Epilogue, I guess you would call this on a monologue. I don't know. Um, I don't know the the types of (laughs) logs here. She's speaking. She's narrating. Uh, While she's getting an abortion... And basically talking about how, you know, it was the weekend before Labor Day, you know, crazy Nicole, wild Nicole, broke up with Bosco. Uh, I lied to my husband for the first time about something serious in 10 years. And she basically has that great line of like, you know, uh, decisions we make can be right or wrong. Uh, Sometimes it's a little of both. So it cuts, it hits the feels there. But um, yeah, like what a confronting it's Like, if you were just to sit down right now and explain to some random person we talked about an episode today on the Oz Network that dealt with rape, dealt with abortion, uh, dealt with suicide, and we laughed our asses off. Like, I mean, you would just be like holy crap, what show are you recording with? Um, And again, the balance that Third Watch does so well. Such confronting subject matter with just, you know, the the way, the characters, and just everything that's dealt with. I mean, so good. So, so good.
1: That's why I love it. I mean, again, I mean, it's just the personal touches on their lives. Like, it's not just a completely, like, cop show. Like you said, like, in this second season, they really do focus on the personal lives of each member. I mean, most of the members. And it's just well done, you know. And, like, Faith's acting at the end. Like, when she is on the, uh, the, I would say the doctor's bed or whatever you want to call it. And, like, just her the way that, that camera shot at her face, was just so like it's like she was numb. Yeah. Because it's like with that perfect quote she said, that was just like the perfect like scene and camera shot right there I thought. You know, it was realistic.
0: Yeah. And it's it's just it's so well done. And the thing too, which um Kind of, we should have touched this, I guess, in the first episode of this season, but it's kind of like what I find unique about this season, it's very similar to what I guess we're finding in our Lost coverage. Is that, you know, Lost is a show, I guess, where similar to what they're doing season two and third watch, where it's, you know, each episode is kind of based around a character. So with Lost, you kind of get a flashback from a character's life. And I remember when I first watched Lost, I assumed that it was just going to go in order. So we would get a flashback of every character, and then before we get a repeat flashback of a character, Uh, we've gone through everyone, but that's not the case. Like, we had two Jack episodes before we got to a Boone episode. Oh, Boone. Um, and things like that. Whereas I kind of thought this would be the similar for Third Watch. Like, we'd get a, a Yocas episode. We'd get a Doc episode. A, a Jimmy episode. A Davis episode. A Kim episode. And, you know, we'd get them all in order. But we don't. This is the thing with this season. So don't expect these to be in order. Because, obviously, next episode we're going to have a Doc episode. Then we're going to have a Jimmy episode. Then we're going to have a Kim episode. A Davis episode. Then we get After Hours. Then we kind of get uh, another Yocas episode. Then we get another Sully episode. Um, then we get another Doc episode. It's, it's, it's kind of... A while till we get a like a straight out Bosco I don't even like we do get a straight out Bosco episode, but even the straight out Bosco episode's a bit different. We don't get a Bobby episode, he's one and only episode for a long time. Carlos obviously his episode is a long time coming. So it's kind of it's interesting how they do the order of these. So like don't expect these to just be characters in order. Even though we've only got nine characters in this until we get to Taylor, of course, and we have ten. Uh whereas Lost I think has about sixteen to deal with, so Um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of, it's, I just wanted to point that out that I feel it's interesting the order they keep this in. Obviously we'll talk a little bit about next week's episode in a moment and we'll get to our ratings in a second. But I don't know if you had sort of anything to add on kind of how you feel they do the order with this. If you feel it should be done in order that we should have an each character Uh episode or you kind of like the fact that we'll have two, uh, you know, Yoko's episodes before we even remotely get close to a Bosco episode.
1: I think, I don't know, I never actually put much thought into it. I mean, I like how they did it. I mean, I wish I would have seen, like you said, more... Well, Bobby does good on It's just his season. Um this? <laughs> no, I, I was like, it's his season. And I was about to say, oh, Bobby doesn't... Because I, I don't know, I, just, I guess I'm not content with Bobby's episodes, to be honest. Just wish I would have seen more. I think we all do. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, well, other than that, no, I don't think there's any art to it. <laughs>
0: Anyway, we'll we'll talk about over as we get to just... yeah yeah. But uh, ratings wise, buy it, rent it, bin it. Uh, I'm just jumping in again. Definitely buy from me. Not even a question. How are you doing with this one? I'm gonna buy. It. I'll buy it. Okay, you sounded unsure there, Brandy.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, because it's like it's very dark. I mean, it's like I would, I might, I would, I want to buy it because it is part. Of this, it's like the, oh, it's still a big, very. And it's a very powerful piece to the second season. But at the same time, it's so dark, I wouldn't mind renting it because it's, like, one of those shows, like, I mean, episodes I don't want to watch too much. Mm
0: -hmm. Four in a row. (laughs) We've both gone four in a row. So let me just add, it's the first time, Brandy, you've ever gone four in a row. So congratulations. You've uh, you've created a new streak for yourself. Um, Your previous uh, most in a row in terms of the buy it was... you had three bites in a row, uh, this band of brothers. You're 32 bullets and a broken heart, officer involved, you ended at Nature and Nurture. Uh, this is the second time I've gone four in a row. I had four in a row between Alone in a Crowd, Journey to Himalayas, Band of Brothers, and 32 bullets and a broken heart. If I hadn't have been to Demolition Derby and I had have bought that, I would have had seven in a row. But um, So I had uh, six out of seven bites in a row in Season 1 there. But, uh, yeah, so I've had four in a row. The same, you and I are on our same streak right now, so I just thought I'd point that out. Anyway, so next week we are into our first doc episode. It's called Four Days. And, now, we, we touched a little bit, I think, in Season 1 that, uh, you know, Third Watch isn't necessarily a show that really kind of shoves a lot of these issues in your face when it comes to, like, race and sex and things like that. They handle it very well. It's kind of done in a minor way you're going to get a bit of that opposite spectrum next week because it's it's a very racially diverse uh, racially tensioned episode very much so next week but having said yeah. that um it's done so well uh you get what you expect from a doc episode you know you know you're going to have a good michael beach episode with him in the center of it um like <laughs> There's the one Doc episode that I remembered. I think it's still a good episode, but there's the random little flashbacks we get of Doc when he's doing his martial arts, which is kind of weird. I think that's the second Doc episode. But I, I like this episode. Again, you're going to find me saying this a lot about this season. Even Jimmy's episode in two episodes time, I like. So, yeah. I, I, I love win. Four Days. It's great. We get some good Doc and Morales stuff. Um, and it's... We get some, like, very good Doc and Bosco stuff. We get a bit of Doc and Bosco tension in the next episode. So, um, yeah, I, I I quite like the next episode.
1: I will say I do. I would say, like, when it comes to the character episodes, I will say I like Faith's introduction in this episode. And then Doc's... Int- no, not Doc's. Jimmy's introduction into his episode about, the, you know, like, the his his background with baseball and everything. I just think those are like some of the two powerful openings. I mean, I'm sure like the other ones, I don't remember too much. I'm sure they're powerful as well, but I would say those two stand out to me.
0: And I just want to point out for those playing at home, just a random stat. The next episode will be the last episode ever in third watch with our original nine in terms of, This is the original nine. In our fourth episode, we get introduced to our first new major character of this show since it began. So that's obviously Taylor. So Taylor's two episodes away. But just for those at home, for the purists, I guess, of third watch from day one, even though Bobby's nowhere, uh, the next episode is the last where you get just the pure original nine without an extra new character, if that makes sense. So, that is just something I want to point out as a weird little stat for you. So, at the end of next episode, we officially get closer to Taylor because she will be one episode away at the end of this one. So, there's. To buy a
1: cake for that episode. You're going to buy a cake? <laughs> no, I'm going to buy a slice of cake. I don't oh, know why, but I just cake.
0: cake. Sure. Yeah. Taylor makes you want to have cake? Um... No, I don't know. I no, just. <laughs> sure. Oh no. Well, I was thinking about buying a cake when Bobby leaves, like a
1: slice of cake, like, oh, we gotta do something for Bobby. I'm gonna eat a piece of cake. I don't know. But I want some cake anyway. I've been craving cake for a while. Sure. So.
0: That's, that's the thing it on the Oz Network. Reason. Whenever a new character gets introduced, one of our new major characters,
1: buy a cake. Why not? <laughs> it gives me a reason. I've been craving
0: cake. It. A cake for like buy a month. cake. Buy a cake. He's Sasha. Buy a cake. Oh, hi, Finny. Have some cake. Uh. <laughs> German chocolate. <laughs> Grace is in there. Eh, who cares? Let's not buy cake. Uh, <laughs> I like Grace. Grace is hot, but Grace is. I'm just going to put this on the record right now. I've come out here and said that Jocus is the overall star of Third Watch. I'm going to put this out in the record, and I like Grace. I like Cara Bueno or whatever her name is, and I think she is the most useless major character in the history of Third Watch. Only because, <gasps> only because. And this is I'm only saying this because I think she's so underused. We talk about like Bobby being underused. At least Bobby had a good half a season of being used well. Jimmy was kind of ignored for a little bit. Grace has like one storyline. The rest she's just there. Like
1: eh. I it's sad because I don't remember her storyline. It's been so long that I've watched it. Because I think season six and season five are like the ones I watched like once. Mm-hmm. And like a few episodes, like the hospital up scene, which is going to be a major one like in the upcoming seasons. Like I watched that over and over. Because But in terms of like the whole season, I think I watched the whole season once. So when it comes to Grace, I don't really remember much. I
0: just know she's pretty. Yeah, oh, it. she's gorgeous. I mean, look, again, I do not dislike yeah. Grace. I'm not saying I hate Grace. I, I like Grace. I just feel that Grace has the hashtag Bobby Goes Nowhere syndrome where, like, she literally has nowhere to go from the moment they introduce her. I mean, think about Holly. When Holly is a... Holly's never billed as a main cast member. But I can tell you more about Holly's storyline than I can about Grace's storyline. Grace's storyline is she finds a homeless mother who just happens to be Academy Award winner Helen Mirren. Other than that, she flirts with Carlos a bit, because Carlos likes her, and then it goes nowhere. Uh, she has a bit of a fling with Finny, and then in the last episode... I'm just spoiling this, because no one's going to remember I'm going to say this, because it's Grace. She's, no one remembers anything about Grace. Then she's, she's pregnant. pregnant. though, right? Yeah, in the final yeah. thing, she's pregnant. So, like, there you go. That's Grace summed up for you in five seconds. <laughs> Don't go off at me for spoiling it, because... Again, you're not going to remember that when we get to season five. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just looking forward to Monroe and the onion stuffed
1: animal, the Christmas scene. The Christmas episode.
0: <laughs> oh, don't get me started on the Onion episode. I
1: keep talking about that one to you, like, a lot. Like, I just want to see Monroe and Sally in Christmas. I don't know why. That's, like, my oh. favorite third-watch episode. Like, one of my top ten favorite episodes. It
0: might be my, that yeah. might be in my bottom ten episodes. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. <laughs> well, you know what? It's okay because, like, your favorite one, was what, what was it? Was it Ohio? Oh, was that the one that I for? Yeah, last
0: year. Yeah, and that was, like,
1: my bottom one. So, it's A. Hey. It's even. It bounces
0: out. <laughs> and here's a random thing for you. Just, I'm just looking at Cara Bueno right now, uh, and this is just a side note because I know it's just come out and everyone's talking about it. I've never seen Stranger Things. I know the second Stranger Things is just uh, is on now, uh, and she's she's a uh, she's uh, one of the major cast members, apparently, according to Holy IMDb. Fat. So there you go. Maybe I'll have oh, to what? watch Stranger Things just to watch Cara Bueno. Bueno, is yeah, it Bueno it's, or Bueno? It's, it's cute, like. You, stranger
1: Things is so huge right now. So, yeah, that's interesting. No, I, I, so I, she went on to do something maybe with her, not with her life, but, you know, her career. She, she looks so different in,
0: in her IMDb photo right now. God, she looks different. She looks beautiful. But, like, if you had to show me that photo right now and not told me who it was, I would have no idea who she was in that photo. So um, oh, I thought you were going to say, wow, she looks old. <laughs> oh, no, God, no. She's, she's gorgeous. She's 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 a beautiful woman. Um, so, yeah, and I just, I knew, look, I know we're going on at the end of this episode, but I mean, like, this is the thing with her character, is the fact that, you know, like, I, I joke about how she has a thing with Finny. Like, Finny I've always been indifferent on, but at least Finny gets a few storylines here and there. Uh, but, like, I, I kind of like the, the Finny-Grace coupling. I, I like them. They're a good couple. They've got great chemistry. Yeah. They're two hot young people. They should be having sex. They're beautiful. But, like, I just feel, it's kind of like Jimmy and Kim. You want to see them have sex because they're hot. But, like, um, maybe it's just me. But, like, um, it just just doesn't go where you want it to go. And I guess it's the last season. You can excuse it. Where else can they go with it? But we're getting so sidetracked right now. We're talking about Season 6, and we're only just started Season 2. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Send us a message. Talk to me about Grace. Uh, Hi, Ben. Dear Ben, I'd like to have a conversation with you about Grace Forster from Third Watch. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Um, Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us some feedback. Uh, We're on Stitcher, Spotify, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere except for Tumblr because I keep saying we're not a 14-year-old girl, so we don't use Tumblr. Uh, Do you use Tumblr at all, Brandy? I don't. Okay, good. I just didn't want to offend you there in case you still used it. Um, MySpace, I'm sure we might have a (laughs) MySpace. Let's start the MySpace revolution again. Why not? Um, Until Justin Timberlake destroyed it. Bastard. Uh, anyway, that's us. We're done. This is great. We love having you company as we get on tangents. It's one of our longest ever episodes. People are going to oh, faith, an hour and twenty three minutes, and we've spent twenty three minutes of it talking about grace. Uh, at least it wasn't dirty kid. Fuck you, dirty kid. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about Doc. Uh, my name is Ben, and I've had more ass in a toilet seat. I don't know. I haven't really, but I just that's the only line I can find here that was semi funny.
1: Um, crickets. No, I'm kidding.
0: Um, (laughs) Better line than (laughs) Ben's.
1: (laughs) As you know, I'm Brandy. and Stay tuned because this season is about to be epic.
0: Thank you for listening to The Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.